It's time for JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. This is how you do radio in a professional sports town, and this hasn't been a professional sports town. It was just UNLV basketball for how many decades? Now you got the Raiders, and you got the Golden Knights. It's Big Boy Radio. JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? My radio show's a little bit more intense. It gets a little bit more crazy. It gets a little bit more emotional. It's Big Boy Radio. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on the calm before the storm, the eve, the afternoon eve before the NFL draft. What a great day to have a radio show in Vegas, to have an opportunity to live in Vegas. Be an NFL fan if you're a Raider fan and the excitement if you're a tourist in town for the draft. Welcome to Las Vegas as we kick off our next couple of days coverage of the NFL draft on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., where you can always stream it on the Raiders mobile app, which is a great way to do it. Also, LV Sports Network. And we thank everybody for our streaming audience, which is a big part of what we're doing. Hey, as we kick off the show today, we wanted to uh, promote something great happening today with Raising Canes, who we do business with, and they're a great partner of ours. They're having a drive-up, a fun drive-through series that starts today. It's fantastic. You can meet two high draft picks, Jamison Williams and Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is a hell of a player. They're going to be working the Canes drive-through today at 1 p.m. So we start here at noon. Stop by 7550 South Las Vegas Boulevard for your chance to meet the future pros. Canes is unbelievable. My kids dominate canes canes my wife looks to cook dinner most nights have the sons when they're home sit down and they don't because they're out in the drive-thru at canes they live for canes they love the best chicken fingers in the world wanted to get that in here because i promote on the radio what i partner with and what i use and my kids my kids fun canes there should be a plaque of me outside of canes here in Summerlin, and they got a great event so stop by here, starting at 1 o'clock, that's on 7550 South Las Vegas Boulevard. And meet two of these guys who are going to go in the first round. Jamison Williams, for sure, and Sauce Gardner could go really high in the top 10 here. And they're going to be out there. They're going to go anywhere from number 2 to 16. They're both top 20 guys. So we thank Kylie Higgins and the entire team and everybody at Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. There's no competition. Best chicken fingers out there. All right, so today... We got to say goodbye to the Golden Knights, which is going to be hard to do. That's going to tug at me. We got to welcome the draft and everyone's in town. We got a couple of fun guests on that are going to promote Vegas today. Steph McKenzie from 97 won the point. One of the greatest Raider fans I know. She'll join us in about an hour on comparing this weekend and what's going to happen starting tomorrow to all great events in Vegas history. This is officially on the Mount Rushmore of great events for the entire city. And that goes up with other big events that we've had before. But sports-related, there really hasn't been anything like this. If you look at a UNLV championship parade and the size of that number compared to this, it's not even close. This could be the biggest event in Vegas sports history because of the revenue, what it's going to bring to the economy, and the amount of people who are in town. So that's great. Also, Johnny Katzel Amidas. Johnny Katzel join us with everything to do this weekend because you might be going to the draft But you might want to see some live music afterwards. You might want to pop around town and bounce around town and do some other things. So Katz is great. Also part of our Raiders draft series, Stefan Wisniewski, a two-time Super Bowl champ, originally brought in with the Raiders. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Really good guy. 
a fan favorite in Stefan Masnuski, went on to win multiple Super Bowls. We'll ask him about his draft experience. He'll join us here in about 25 minutes. So that's what we're doing today. I'm pretty wide open. Olden Polonese, my NBA guy, could be checking in again. So we got a lot of things happening. But for you, the call to action today is to call me and tell me what you're doing. What are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing Friday when you're getting together? What parties are you going to? What do you need to know? Earlier today, I drove down to the Strip. I drove to the Westin Hotel. Where, by the way, back in the day, it wasn't the Westin. That's where Evil Knievel used to live. That's the home hotel, one of them there for the NFL. And I picked up my credential for the week, which I really don't need. But there's a rule in sports. Whenever you get a credential, pick it up or they won't get you another one. So I picked up my draft credential for the events here. I'm not going to be going to most of them. I'm going to be working on the radio and doing some events here in town. But it was packed. And they're about to close down the strip. And I don't know where you're driving to. I don't know where you're parking. I think the Ubers and the Lyfts and the cab drivers in town that we support, they're going to be busy. So tomorrow we'll be live from Cafe Americano at Caesars from noon to 2. Please come down there before noon. Let me say hello to you. Let's have some Modellos. Get your drink on tomorrow at noon with me right there at Caesars, right in the belly of the beast of all of this so we could have a lot of fun. If you're a Raiders season ticket holder and you're going to the Raiders party on top of Dre's, I'll be a part of that. We'll be live on the air from 3 to 5. Eric Allen, Jason Fitz from ESPN. Charles Woodson will be joining us along with Tim Brown. So those are a couple of the things we're doing. And then Friday night inside the Ravello Lounge at the M Resort, the official hotel of the Raiders, I'll be moderating a Q&A with Darren McFadden, Jacoby Ford. There'll be some Raider alumni there. So if you like to go to the Raiders Tavern and Grill and you're going to be there Friday night, come see me at the M. So I'm loaded up. I'm ready to go as we open up the show. The number 702-365-9200. Again, really loose show. Raiders don't have a pick till the third round. Cover of the Las Vegas Review Journal today, Vinny Bonsignor, Raiders won't be trading Darren Waller. Big tight end is desired, but he's staying put. We all realize this, and Vinny had to put pen to paper or had to put key to keyboard and write this because a lot of people are picking up on this story. Everyone, according to Vinny, knows Waller's value. It makes sense that the Green Bay Packers might ask the Raiders to include him, might have asked him in that blockbuster with Devontae Adams. But the Raiders didn't budge. And I'm assuming the Raiders are not going to budge on Darren Waller. I'm pretty confident they won't unless they got an offer that they can't refuse. The other big player around the league is Debo Samuel, the wide receiver from the 49ers. There's two really players, him and Baker Mayfield. Debo could be a part of a day trade if the 49ers can't calm him down. If I'm the 49ers, I want to calm him down. Because if the Niners lose Debo Samuel, they're not beating the Rams. All right, let's let's point that out right out of the gate. If the Niners, who walk around with their flat-brim Niner hats, that say Santa Clara, not San Francisco. They act like they're, they're like Denver. The 49ers are a lot like Denver. All their fans think they're going to win the Super Bowl every year. Every Denver fan I talk to, man, JT, we got the best roster in the NFL. No, you don't. Raiders beat you the last four times. We fired Vic Fangio because he couldn't beat the Raiders. That trended in Denver. Everybody made fun of me. JT has no sources. JT's a fool. Right, right. I know, I know that for a fact. But Denver got all worked up on that. And the Niners are going to get worked up if they lose Debo. So Debo Samuels and Baker Mayfield are two players that can be moved. I don't think Cleveland wants to move Baker. 
for anything less than a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick, whatever. They'd have to pay Baker's salary the last year, and Cleveland wants to get him off the books. But a lot of other teams, or two or three more, would like Baker Mayfield to get cut by Cleveland so then they could go sign him to a deal friendly to the new team. So I don't know what's going to happen with Baker. Probably not moved. Debo, probably not moved. And Darren Waller, not moved. And the reason you're hearing this, ladies and gentlemen, because most people say this is going to be a great party, but a bad draft. I'm not going to go that far because a couple of these draft picks can turn out to be Hall of Famers. I don't know who they are. I don't know where they're going. I don't know what pick they're going to go to. But a lot of saying this is not a great draft because there's no quarterbacks near the top. Well, the Raiders don't need a quarterback. They signed Derek Carr to a contract extension. So the Raiders are set at that position. If the Raiders didn't have Derek Carr taken care of, maybe they'd have to go in there and get a quarterback at some point. I don't see that happening. Also, we'd like to know your need for the Raider with the third-round pick. No one's really talking about it because everybody's bored to death around here because the Raiders went out and got Devontae Adams. Well, now for getting Devontae Adams, the Raiders don't have a pick till the third round. I think they should get a linebacker. Let me repeat that again. I was the only guy in this town who said Micah Parsons specifically in the draft where the Raiders got Alex Leatherwood. I said on the draft, on the show, trade up from 17 and get into the top 10 and get Micah Parsons. If the Raiders did that, they would have had the best linebacker in all of football and they would have had him for six to 10 years and they would have been set at that position. I know who the Raiders have at linebacker. Denzel Perryman's a good player. Went to the Pro Bowl. I've never gone crazy before we had Nicholas Morrow and after he left. I didn't go crazy over Nick Kwiatkowski. I don't go crazy over guys who aren't stars. The Raiders need another linebacker. So if they get one, and I like Divine Diablo, and I like some of the players that they have, Malcolm Kuntz, who's kind of a tweener. But the Raiders need a linebacker who could be great. You can get a great linebacker in the third round. You can. So I hope the big need for the Raiders is linebacker, Overall, and if not, they're going to get an offensive lineman. The problem with an offensive lineman in the third round is he might not be ready for the league in a year or two. Offensive linemen after the top 10 picks drop off quickly, and they're developmental players, and they got to put on muscle, and they got to learn the NFL, and they got to learn how to go up against grown ass men who play in the NFL. If you get a fourth round offensive lineman, he's not going to be able to block Khalil Mack. He's not going to be able to block these edge rushers. So you got to figure out how long it's going to develop them. I don't want to wait around for any more developing players with the Raiders. Dave Ziegler, depending on what his philosophy is, needs to get a starter with the third-round pick. And if he doesn't think he can, then just trade out of the pick. I heard Jason Fitz today on ESPN Radio with our team over there, and he made a good point. He said that if the Raiders don't take one pick in this draft, he's cool. The Raiders trade out of all their picks and they don't get a player that they love. I'm good with that too. I'm not into the draft for what the Raiders are going to do. They don't have a first and second round pick. So if they shock us and get a first or second round pick, it's going to be a big story. And we've had a couple of big stories because Devontae Adams and especially Chandler Jones, who was on absolutely no one's radar. So maybe there's a player that's not on our radar, but's on the radar of Dave Ziegler and they're ready to pounce. They might have to wait till the third round, or maybe they can move up into the second round and get that type of player to go do it. But my expectations coming into the draft are really high for the party. 
and what Vegas needs to do to put on a show. Very important moment for this town because we pulled this off better than anybody. We got to pull it off now. And secondly would be, hey, if the Raiders don't get anybody in the first or second round, let's celebrate Devontae Adams. Let's go up and down the strip wearing black. Don't wear white. Don't wear blue. Don't wear fuchsia. Wear black. It's not hard to do. That's the moniker of the black hole. I'm in the Black Hole Hall of Fame. We tell everybody that. My brothers and sisters in the Black Hole, wear black. You got a nice black dress shirt? Great. You got a Raider black shirt? Great. Wear black. Make sure we black out the city of Vegas and have a great time. If you're going to try to get in front of the Bellagio Fountains, let me know. If you're going to go back by the link and see some of the live music, let us know. We want to get the vibe going on the show today like we care. We're the only flagship station in town. We got to be at our best. So where are you going? Who are you going with? You got friends in town? You bringing your kids? Are your folks coming into town? Who are you bringing? I'll be flying through that strip the entire weekend. I hope to see you there. All right, let's get to the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights are pretty much eliminated. They're out. They're on life support, as the cover story says uh, on top of the Review Journal today. They put themselves in this, this, this situation It's the fault of the entire organization, except the owner, Mr. Foley, who spent all the money. Now, Mr. Foley involved more with the personnel and who he wanted, and you could bring it back to the owner getting rid of Flower, Marc-Andre Fleury, wanting Jack Eichel, all of that. Yeah, he's the owner of the team, and he's very accountable. But from top to bottom, from the captain, Mark Stone, to the goalie, Robin Leonard, who wasn't really reliable, to William Carlson, who's no longer the player that he used to be, Everybody on this team, Alec Petrangelo, who got a lot slower when he came to Vegas, coming from a Stanley Cup in St. Louis. Everybody's to blame here. So for the Knights who are on life support, they need two losses in regulation back-to-back by Dallas. That's not going to happen. Last night was their only shot to win and get in, and they lost in amazing fashion. I'll tell you something about this team. I love this team. I'm in my office now, and I'm looking at my Golden Knights gear and what I have here. I really love this team, but man, did they lose dramatically. Man, did they know how to lose dramatically. They're a very young team, only been in the league a few short years, half a decade. But when they lose, OMG, they lose in epic proportion. I mean, Flurry messing with the puck behind the net. The collapse in San Jose. What happened the other night here at home when they gave up a goal to San Jose with 0.9 seconds. And then they had a lead here. Here's Stevenson with the goal to put him up 2-1 to where VGK took the crowd out of the game in Dallas. They were skating fast. They had the momentum after this goal. Eichel gets the puck, doesn't shoot. Back and forth with Petrangelo. Eichel signing the goal for Stone. Trying to get it under the goalie. They score! With two seconds to go in the period. Yeah, they, they had a couple of good things happen to him there. So they end up going to overtime, and they needed to get two points. They had to get two points, and getting into overtime was the killer because Dallas got a point, and it was a step backwards. And let's get to the shootout where the Knights were 0 for 7 in the shootout. Where do you rank that as all-time collapses in the young history of the Golden Knights? Tell you, everybody, it made my Mount Rushmore. Going 0 for 7 in a shootout with professional goal scorers who make millions of dollars, is literally impossible to do. 0 for 7, and Haskins scores in the shootout to pretty much bury the Knights in any playoff hopes. 
Defenseman Miro Haskinen, lefty to the middle, backhand, scores! So that's it there, and that's what's going on, and I, I can't believe it, and the Knights are pretty much toast. So this is the last show I'll be talking about the Knights, most likely unless, unfortunately, someone gets fired or they hire someone big. You know where I'm going with this. What a disappointment. Social calendar is ruined. Yeah, ruined. Social calendar is ruined with the Golden Knights being eliminated because that was always a good night out. Playoff night out, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday day game. Wipe it off your calendar. Go to the park. Sign your kids up for a new sport. Go to the movies because the Golden Knights are going to be dark until next season. And what a shame. I thought they had a team that was built to win the Stanley Cup or at least go deep into the playoffs or at least make the playoffs and they didn't make the playoffs. How in God's name did this happen? Can I get anybody with a pulse listening to this show to say goodbye to the Knights and explain to me what happened? Because I know hockey pretty well, and it went right over my head. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong with the Golden Knights. And I expect, because of knowing this organization, that this thing is going to be turned upside down. I also want to thank our friend Sage Sammons for all the help he's given us over the years as he's employed in media with the Golden Knights. He was a tremendous friend. He got us to coach. He got us players. He got us all the broadcasters, one of the classiest members of the media that I met in town. All the best to Sage Sammons going forward, a really good guy who's always going to have a big role on this show and in the media here. All right, let's go to what happened last night with John Morant. The game-winning bucket was so Michael Jordan-esque. John Morant was not playing well late in the game as Memphis was trying to get ahead of Minnesota. Looked like Minnesota was going to steal a game on the road, but then Morant came down, and this game-winning hoop, when he took it from one hand to another, reminded me of Michael Jordan. Brooks the inbound for Morant. He gets by Edwards into the lane of Vanderbilt. Scores! Scores! With one second remaining, the Wolves have the ball. No timeouts. Vanderbilt for Towns from three-quarter court. Grizzlies are up. Three games to two. Grizzlies radio, that was a great basketball game, everybody. That game was incredible. The last two minutes of that game was as good as any two minutes in basketball this year, regular season or postseason. And John Morant is now clearly one of the best young players in the game. And he had a coming out party, an absolute coming out party last night. That was really cool to see. Also, Miami wins, and they eliminate Atlanta. Here's the final call as Jimmy Butler, who didn't play in the game, and Miami easily advanced to the second round. Wright will try to inbound again. Baseline right adjacent to the Miami Heat bench. Still holding the rock. Up to about four on this count. Gets it in into the hands of Gallinari. He is trapped in this corner. Tries to flip it to Wright, and that's it. That's it, and we get this rolling here and. That's the monologue brought to you again by our good friends at PT's best happy hour in town. And it is the best five to seven, midnight to two half price drinks, all the food, the gaming, the opportunity to watch sports. Everybody's pretty dialed in this week. But if you're looking for a place to watch the draft, PT's will show you a great time. And it's happy hour. The, the uh, event starts in prime time. Half price drinks at 64 plus locations. If you don't want to deal with the strip, if you're coming into the strip, Again, join me tomorrow at Caesars Palace, noon to two, Cafe Americano. I checked out it. It's fantastic. I, I'm thrilled. I don't do many live remotes because I like good radio. Live remotes have great radio at times. I'm a guy who likes to be in the studio, like to have everything in front of me, and I'm going out on the road the next couple of days, and I'm fired up for it. Stoner Dude, who will be playing with Raiderhead at the Black Hole Party at Tropicana. What's happening, buddy? 
Man, it is going to be epic, JT. First of all, happy birthday to the great spaceman Ace Freely of the legendary rock band Kiss. Uh, I have a couple of predictions, JT, before I talk about Raiderhead. Uh, first of all, I predict that all the local cannabis dispensaries will be sold out <laughs> Monday morning, and they're going to have to restock because the party is going to be so epic. And you know, you're talking about Dave Ziegler and and the moves he made to bring in Devontae Adams. We got our number one pick already. You know, I just got the strong feeling they got their eyes on an offensive lineman somewhere out there. And I think that's what they're focusing right now as far as their top pick that they have available. Maybe even move it to that second round if possible. But as far as the parties go, JT, yes, this Friday, my band Raiderhead, the world's only Raiders tribute band, will be performing live at the legendary Tropicana out there on the pool area between 8 and 10 p.m. We're surrounded by palm trees with the view of the MGM. It's going to be awesome, JT. Fans from all over the world, everybody's welcome. Free admission. That means Jaguar fans, Cardinal fans, Panther fans. Come on out. Bring your notebooks and your cell phones because you're going to learn how we do it, how we congregate and celebrate here for our home team, the Raider Nation. See you there, man. Thank God I have my friends calling. I have a lot of friends, more off the radio than on the radio. Thank God. And there's Stoner Dude kicking it off all the way from Ricky's in San Leandro. Appreciate that. Get on out and support the Black Hole. They throw great parties. It's where you'll find the most Raider fans together in a public setting. Always the case, and it will remain the case. Go check out our friends at the Black Hole and what they're doing at Tropicana. 702-365-9200. We're looking to paint some pictures on the radio today about what you're going to do if you're coming into town and you're listening to us on a streaming device. Tell us when you get in what you're going to be doing and what your expectations are for the Raiders. For me, there should be a Raider party for Devontae Adams. I said it first when it happened. Forget the draft. Get into the party. When I go to Mardi Gras in New Orleans, I'm not going for the music. I am. I like the music. I'm not going for a game. I'm going for Mardi Gras to get stuck in a room with a bunch of friends catching up, having some drinks, having great food and a good time. If you can't do this on the Vegas Strip, if you can't go out on the Strip where you're allowed to have an open container, drink ice-cold Modellos during the NFL draft, man, we got to talk off the air, man. I can talk to your girlfriend, your wife. Have them call me if you need a hall pass. If you need permission from your partner to get out, call me directly, and we'll do that on the radio. Get your hall pass. Be a man. Be a proper lady and get out there and support the Raider Nation. It's going to be epic. A lot of great photos at lvsportsnetwork.com. All our shows are involved, and we're really honored to be a part of what the Raiders are doing here in town. 702-365-9200. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Stefan Wisniewski. Stefan Wisniewski, good guy. Got Wisniewski history with the franchise. We'll talk to him. The local laborers, 872, led by Tommy White. They have sponsored everything we're doing here this week. They put their hands in the ground. They safely built the stadium, and they build almost everything here in Vegas. Thanks to the great Tommy White and the local 872 for supporting our show, getting what we're doing. Tommy White will join us tomorrow as we're at Cafe Americano, noon to two at Caesars Palace. That's it for me. That's the monologue. That's all I got. That's it. That's what I do. How many? How long was that, Bobby? 23 minutes. Thank you. Only guy left who can do that, I guess. Everyone needs like six co-hosts nationally now. Just me. And I know I can wear on you. That's why I take breaks. We talk to people. 
but you should be sounding off today because you're in the Raider Nation, and this is the flagship station of the NFL Draft. This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. Edwards is out, Moreau and Renfro. Moreau is the tight end, and he makes the formation strong to the left. Play action, card back by jackpot, baby. Hunter Renfro, an extra point away from a tie here at MetLife. Brett Musburger on the call. JT back with you. Brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino. They've been helping us out with all of our draft lookbacks as we've done this from 1960 when we started off with Fred Bolitnikoff and now we're into the 2010 era plus. Stefan Wisniewski joins us, a two-time Super Bowl champion. What a player. He was drafted in the second round, pick number 48 in 2011 at a Penn State, and I am thrilled to talk to him again. Stefan, great to talk to you. I hope you and your family are well. Yeah, good to be here with you. You know, your story is amazing to me. I want to, before we get to the draft pick, you know, looking back at your Uncle Steve, who I'm good friends with, and what a legend, should be a Hall of Famer with the Raiders. Your dad played professional football. Was it destined for you before high school, heading into high school, that you were going to play professional football? When did that come into focus for you? Yeah, it was definitely always my goal growing up. Um, you know, my kindergarten teacher when I was five asked everyone in the class, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a pro football player and uh, drew a little picture of a football player. I couldn't draw. It was clear I would not be an artist. <laughs> but it, it was clear I wanted to be a football player. And, you know, that goal kind of never changed for me growing up. And, uh, you know, once I got into high school, it kind of started to grow and started looking like a football player. And, just was always passionate about you know the training aspect of it the the doing drills aspect wanted to learn everything I could from my dad from my uncle from their other uh, NFL friends who who taught me so much growing up and yeah that was that was always my dream and always what I wanted was it always a lock on Penn State or did Pitt come at you hard what was the recruiting process like especially your junior and senior year in high school I looked around a lot I, I checked out a bunch of schools and to be honest like as I traveled around and looked at them, I just kept saying, yeah, this place is cool, but it, it's not as great as Penn State. And, you know, the next place, ah, this place is cool, but it's not as great as Penn State. So I grew up going to Penn State games, you know, because of my family and kind of fell in love with, with that atmosphere and that place and that school. So I did look around, but to be honest, um, it, it seemed pretty clear to me that, that Penn State was the best place for me, not just because of the, the football program, but it, it really is a great school. Uh, and just a, a great place to go to college, great little college town. Stefan Wisniewski is our guest, former Raider, high draft pick, two-time Super Bowl champion. So you end up going there, and the history you have with your family, you know, we're, we're tight with Matt Millen, and he always talks about Penn State. By the way, he's like an ambassador, isn't he? Every time you see him on TV. He really is. <laughs> he's he's he incredible. Really is. Yeah, Every. Yeah, every time I see Matt on, he's always throwing up Penn State stories, which is great. So you get there. What was it like playing in your first whiteout when you experienced it as a fan, but you're on the field looking up and seeing the whiteout in the crowd? It's an unbelievable, unbelievable atmosphere. Um, I mean, the passion there, the noise, just uh, you kind of feel the love from the fans and 
just the whole atmosphere. I mean, tailgating the whole town just is all about Penn State football. And um, I, I'm not sure that there's a louder place, to be honest. Um, I know, you know, some NFL stadiums say they got the loudest crowds in the world, but that place is unbelievable, the noise. And they're just, they're screaming from snap one to snap 100. And um, just with everything lit up in, in the white, and it's it's an unbelievable experience. One all. I'll never forget and got to see one as a fan here again after retirement. And it's still pretty cool to be there even as a fan, but uh, obviously especially cool to, to be a player and, and be a part of that. Well, your first team all American at the conclusion of the 2010 season, uh, you play with the Raiders in 2011. Was it your destiny to be a Raider because you could have got drafted a couple of picks before, probably not after. Cause I remember, anchor in that draft and I remember your years and everybody was connecting with you on the board because as you know when you came to the Raiders that was a need position you could play guard or center uh with Steve Wisniewski your uncle a lot of people thought if you were on the board the Raiders would take you was that in your impression coming into the draft yeah that was my impression I I kind of knew that like you said they had a need um at guard center and you know I was one of the better guard centers in the draft and so I, I knew if I made it to that pick, there was a really good chance they would pick me. There was a you know decent chance maybe another team or two before that would have taken me. But as the picks were going and kind of some of those other possible landing spots didn't happen, I, I had a pretty good feeling that the Raiders would pick me. And uh, sure enough, they did. Uh, when you got to the Raiders, what were some of the obstacles you had to overcome to get on the field? Some of the important teammates, the coaches at that time, the executives, what it meant for you to play to, for Al Davis's team? Yeah, it, it was really awesome. Um, you know, I grew up rooting for the Raiders because of my uncle, Steve. You know, he his rookie year was 1989, which is the year I was born, and he played 13 years. So literally from as early as I could remember, until I was 13, I was watching him play, going to his games, uh, wearing silver and black. I mean, I got all these pictures of me as a kid wearing silver and black. So it it felt awesome to, to get to be a Raider after kind of cheering for the Raiders and watching the Raiders my whole life. And I, I did meet a lot of awesome people there, had a lot of awesome experiences. Uh, my uncle was my coach for one mm-hmm. year, which was really cool to, to get to interact with him like that. Uh, every day and, and learn a lot from him there obviously I had learned a lot from him before but to be around him every day was pretty cool and yeah I had some awesome teammates great coaches I really learned a lot from Bob Wiley and Tony Sperano um, two of my line coaches I had mm-hmm. when I was there learned a lot of great technique stuff from them that I took with me the rest of my career and just enjoyed being around them they're they're great people Wiley's Wiley could easily be called the most interesting man in the world he's he's a mm-hmm. fascinating guy um, and Sperano was just really high character guy and, and loved his work ethic and learned a lot from him. But yeah, I had some awesome teammates, man, when I was there. And, uh, I mean, I, I can name some, I'd probably leave a few, leave way too many off if I started, but, you know, really enjoyed playing with Jared Valdeer, really enjoyed playing with Cooper Carlisle, mm-hmm. really enjoyed playing with, with Derek Carr, with Jason Campbell and, uh, Matt McGloin was there, my Penn State guy for a while, which was cool. Um, but yeah, man, just a lot of awesome teammates that uh got to go to battle with every day and it, it was a really cool experience didn't win quite as much as i, I would have hoped but still had a lot of a lot of great memories of those years talk about the exit we're talking to stefan wisniewski if you can get into your exit from the raiders and how you felt at that time i'm sure you wanted to be a raider for life but you leave 
and you end up winning two Super Bowls with the Eagles in Kansas City with two different teams, proud teams, teams that have been waiting a long time to get back and win the Super Bowl. So that's a proud chapter in your career, but leaving the Raiders, how difficult was that? Yeah, it was hard. It was hard, you know, because they drafted me and and had a lot of good experiences there. But NFL is a crazy business, man. You never really know what's going to happen. And we had a a coaching change there, you know, after my last year. So new staff was coming in and, um, you know, there's just a lot of variables going on. But uh, essentially just kind of only doors that were open for me were were elsewhere after that. Mm -hmm. And, um yeah, ended up moving on, but like you said, uh, it, it ended up working out for me. Had some great experiences. I did end up in Jacksonville right after uh, my stint with the Raiders, but after that went to Philly. Uh, had an awesome experience winning the Super Bowl there, which was in itself, that, that's a really cool story, man. Just the, the story of the underdog Eagles um, with a lot of injuries and being the, a one seed who was an underdog three times in the playoffs and, and upset three people including the Patriots and, and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So that was an amazing experience. I was really blessed to, to be the starting guard on that team um, and kind of see that, that city of Philly see their first Super Bowl was, was amazing. And uh, like you said, yeah, then on to Kansas City, another proud franchise, um, and, and had an awesome awesome season there in, in 2019, beating the, uh, ended up beating the Niners in the Super Bowl. It's an incredible story, it really is, from high school to Penn State to the accomplishments of Penn State to play for the Raiders, Al Davis, and then go on to win two Super Bowls. When you talk about your legacy, because, again, knowing your uncle well, you guys care more about your family and your businesses and your life. But when you look back at your legacy in the NFL, how do you describe it? You know, I, I guess, in short, I would just say I, I felt very blessed. Um, you know, blessed to, to be given the, the physical abilities to, to be able to play in the NFL and um, blessed to be on two teams that won Super Bowls. You know, I, I feel like my my first six years, I didn't make the playoffs once. And, you know, you always dream of going to a Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. And after six years of, of not winning much, I, you almost kind of give up on the dream. You almost kind of think, uh, I guess, you know, it doesn't happen for everybody. You know, not everybody gets to go to the playoffs. Not everybody gets to win a Super Bowl. But, just to have that opportunity, I feel tremendously blessed um, to be able to say that, that I'm a two-time Super Bowl champion and feel very grateful to, to God for those opportunities. And said, you know, what would I want my legacy to be? At? I guess I, I would just want it to be – I would want to be remembered by my teammates and, and those who saw me working every day as, as someone who came in every day with a great attitude, tried to give everything he had. Uh, his best effort trying to be the best football player he could be and uh, I believe I did that absolutely you did that yeah absolutely you did that Stefan Wisniewski last one what are you doing with your life now I'm I'm fascinated to know about your family and what's going on in your life outside football yeah me and my wife uh, Hillary live in State College PA you know which is where Penn State is Mm -hmm. Um, grew up in Pittsburgh but always loved Penn State so settling down here and I'm actually uh, in, in seminary studying to be a pastor, get trying to get a Master's of Divinity, which is a degree pastors get, and I want to pursue Christian ministry. Incredible. What a life. What a long life ahead of you. What a blessing to talk to you and, and go back in time. As they say, once a Raider, always a Raider, on behalf of the Raiders and their alumni department. Thanks for doing this and hope to see you out here in Vegas soon. Yeah, absolutely. I want to come check out that awesome stadium, and I'm, I'm absolutely proud to, to say that I was a Raider.
Thank you, Stefan. Appreciate it. There he is, everybody. Stefan Wisniewski. What a story. I mean, his dad played in the NFL. Steve Wisniewski, we all agree. When, when we sit here and we have these interviews, Greg Townsend was probably the biggest one. You know, Freddie Bolitnikoff's like a dad to me. All the people we've talked to along the way have been incredible. But the Greg Townsend interview was really important because a lot of people think Greg is the next Raider who should be a Hall of Famer who's underrated. And right with that conversation, I always say, you got to put Steve Wisniewski in that mix too. Steve Wisniewski was one of the all-time greats who played with the Raiders. And this is his nephew, comes to the Raiders. It didn't work out. If you notice, we've had guys on from time to time. It didn't work out. They played three or four years, but we put them on because they have an interesting story. And Stefan Wisniewski studying to be a pastor and a ministry and everything he's doing here, that's incredible. And the Super Bowl that he won against Tom Brady in Philadelphia, when he was with Philadelphia, I watched that game closely. He played a big role in that game. He started at guard, started most of the year. He had a huge game. Remember the Philly special? Nick Vold's in the move they made. He was on the field for that, and he beat Tom Brady. So anybody who can beat Tom Brady in a Super Bowl is good with me. Eli Manning did it twice, and Stefan Wisniewski was able to do it. He won with Kansas City. That doesn't make Raider fans feel good, but also... You know, a guy who bounced around a bit but ended up at some pretty good spots. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks again to Stefan Wisniewski joining us. Once a Raider, always a Raider, which opens up the phones for you until the top of the hour. Man, we got to wake this place up. It does not sound like the NFL draft, man. And it's going to sound that way at our remote tomorrow at Cafe Americano, noon to 2 at Caesars. Let's get going. If you're hitting the strip, you're going out, start tonight. Oh, also tonight, the grand reopening of the Palms, which I'll be at. Spent a lot of years in town at the Palms, and now they've opened it up again. Going to go check that out with a buddy tonight, see how that looks. And then the party begins. Well, maybe the party begins tonight, and tomorrow's the Raider party at Dre's from 3 to 8 p.m., and we'll be live on the radio for that from 3 to 5 p.m. availability was a big item here being available always has been and you can reach to a point where if you've got a big question mark on availability forget ability do you want to strap on millions and millions of dollars to your salary cap with that big a question mark at availability it got too high for the benefit of the team and i think nobody thinks anymore of randy's ability or of how he has evolved and still I uh, think he's one of the, frankly, individually like him about as well as anybody I've ever been around as far as a player of the Cowboys. just didn't work that way. It wasn't good for us to do that. Jerry Jones, owner and GM of the Cowboys on Randy Gregory's inability, inability to play. We just dealt with that here in Vegas with Trent Brown. What a bust he was. Then all of a sudden he wants to play for the Patriots. Remember him? Trent Brown, and again, there were some issues surrounding him, and I get it, uh, not all of it was his fault, but he never came to the Raiders ready to play. He was never a teammate. He was like Kyrie Irving. You didn't know if he was going to play or not, and it really held back everybody on the offensive line. JT, back with you. So the big thing with the draft is who's going to go number one. That's the big issue. Usually it's a quarterback. Usually it's a star quarterback. That isn't the case this year. It's the edge rushers. So I have about six or seven mock drafts in front of me in preparations for the shows here the next couple of days. It looks like Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher from Georgia, is going to go number one overall. Charles Davis, 
who's a friend of the show, and he has a really good mock draft that was released yesterday. He has Trayvon Walker going number one. And if he does that, most mock drafts that I have have Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan going number two to Detroit. Then it gets interesting. When will there be a run on the uh, cornerbacks? And there's two cornerbacks I think are going to go in the top ten, and that would be Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. He can go number four or five to the Jets or Giants. And then Derek Stingley Jr., who probably doesn't get past Seattle at number nine. He's a player that can play at a high level. I think the first wide receiver selected will be Drake London out of USC. And then there's a whole bunch of wide receivers, including Garrett Wilson out of The Ohio State, who probably goes two. Some drafts have Garrett Wilson going one and Drake London going two or three. But it's loaded up there. This draft is for offensive tackles, wide receivers. And then everybody else there. Wide receivers is the deepest part of the draft. There are some good corners. I like Kyler Gordon. Uh, He played at Washington. He should be available at the end of the first round. And Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. And remember, you know, Trayvon Mullen came from Clemson. He's been okay with the Raiders. He hasn't been great. He needs to become great quickly. And the best safety, I mean, there is a superstar safety in Kyle Hamilton of Notre Dame. And he can go anywhere from Carolina at number six to Atlanta there. So we're going to be all over the mock draft with Eric Allen, Jason Fitz, Q, and I. We're all doing a whole bunch of radio together. Really excited about it. Just win Wendy here in town. How are you, Wendy? What's happening? Hey, I'm great. I'm so excited. I'm actually just closing my suitcase and heading to Oakland Airport. And um, I just wanted to check in with you for a couple of things. Number one, listen, um, if you if we get a linebacker, I'll mm-hmm. buy you a shot of Charles Woodson whiskey, and we'll Whoa. play together because that's what I want. I want <laughs> a linebacker, and the guy that I'm looking at is um, Troy Anderson, mm-hmm. the guy from Montana State, and I actually graduated from college at Montana State, so I'm a Bobcat too. So I'm really hoping that maybe he'll drop far enough that we could get him there. Yeah, I don't know if he'll drop that far. I'll be available there, but he has a third to fourth round grade. But what's yeah. interesting there is you want to do a shot of Woodson whiskey. Uh, I can only do that after the show, Wendy. You know me. I'm oh, a professional. I know, I know. Professional behind the microphone. In the old days, I used to sneak them during the commercial break, but now i got to be a little bit more buttoned up here. But that'll be fun. So you're getting yeah. into town tonight. What's on the yeah. itinerary? Well, I'm hopefully going to clone myself and be 18 places at once you know it's going to be crazy maybe i can hitch a ride with you from um from the cafe americana to dre's <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna hopefully have one of those uh what, what do they call those things you do on the trips where bobby i'm, I'm losing it I'm, when you go across swing swing lines or whatever that is i'm gonna have to go <laughs> right, from right. Co- zip, line, zip lines zip lines yeah, tells you how much i've done i did that once I in costa rica a zip line from cafe americano to dre's <laughs> but i don't know how packed the strip's gonna be you know i'm expecting Big, 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 Wendy. I don't know, I know. how easy it's going to be to cross and do all that. I but the, the size of the strip is so ginormous that I think people will have a lot of room to cross the street and get around and go over those walking bridges. I'm optimistic yeah. that everyone's going to be able to get around easy. But I don't know where everybody's going to get dropped off behind Caesars if you're coming from the Henderson side of town, behind the link. So I just think everybody, like everything else, should give themselves extra time so they can get everywhere on time. Right. So I'm, um, if I don't see you at Cafe Americana, I'll see you at Dre's. 
Well, I hope to see you at Cafe Americano. That's where we're going to be from okay. noon to two. So we'll see you there. Yeah, Thank hopefully you. Hopefully I'll see you at both you places. You got it. Appreciate okay, it. We're going to have uh, Gorilla Rilla is going to be there. El Senor, The Violator, all scheduled to appear. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black. We got a couple of nice surprises there. The big part of tomorrow is going to be interviewing Woodson and Tim Brown at the Dre's party. Uh, that's going to be cool to have those guys on Raider Royalty at that time. And a couple of other alumni have been reaching out, and we're trying to do something nice. Tomorrow Tomorrow's going to be a fun show because it'll be good to be outside. Here it's going to be windy, Bobby. I don't know if you heard that too. So tomorrow's the only day of weather. As I look at the weather where it's supposed to be really windy from 64 degrees, a high of 83 but the wind, and Bobby, as we talked about all this week, there isn't a raindrop in town. Every day sun, sunny because we can't have rain anywhere near the link, if you know what I'm saying. I'm starting to have a little bit of concern because I've seen what that tent looking out on the uh, Bellagio Lake is looking like. And I hope they think they got that thing sandbagged yeah. down because those 40-mile <laughs> winds, uh, that's no joke out you're there. Right. Hey, you're all right. I mean, there are times they turn down the fountains because those fountains can blow literally onto the street, onto the Las Vegas Boulevard. But we don't have very possible. Yeah, we don't have a problem with weather out here. The weather the rest of the weekend, uh, Friday 87, Saturday 89, Sunday 87, Monday 92 degrees. So we're really hitting the sweet spot here in Vegas for weather. You know, in Vegas, we get a little bit of cold and a little bit of wind, not rain, and then it gets right to the end of April into May. And in May and June, it gets, starts to get hot at the end of June. But May, probably the best month here in town to count on some weather. So we're breaking down the 2022 NFL draft. The Raiders have a third-round pick as of now. i uh, really happy that Vinny Bonsignor wrote the column about the Raiders won't be trading Darren Waller. It was a pretty good read with his analysis there as Darren Waller's name's been thrown out. And I think Darren's pretty good to handle this. He's not the type of guy who's going to be reading all the social media thinking he's going to be traded. But it's important that everybody quells those reports because it wasn't true. And, you know, this just Vinny writes, Cheesehead TV. Aaron Nagler of Cheesehead TV put out the report that surfaced Monday indicating the Packers' continued interest in trading for Waller should not come of a surprise. They likely aren't the only team that have made overtures easy. You know, we'll be able to ask Dave Ziegler about this a while from now. I'll ask him in a couple of weeks how many people called on Waller just for the draft purposes because if he doesn't get moved, which I don't think he will, uh, there will be calls next year on Darren Waller. And there'll be calls at all times during the trade deadline for Darren Waller because Darren has, you know, molded himself into one of the best players in all of football. All right, let's get to the NBA. We'll talk about that on the other side. Olden Polonese next hour. We'll have Steph McKenzie and Johnny Katz explaining everything that's happening here from an entertainment purpose. And we're brought to you by Modelo. They're our partner tomorrow. It's all Modelo at Cafe Americana, noon to two. It's in Caesars, inside, outside. So you'll get a ton of fresh air, ice cold Modelos, and a great atmosphere to kick off the draft. Please join me and come on out to the Strip to Caesars for the NFL draft.